Welcome back to the Flying Lion podcast, everyone. We are excited to come to you here live on, I guess, now a Tuesday morning by the time you're listening to this. FC Cincinnati has their first trophy, boys. I am so pumped. We are the 2023 Supporters Shield champions. Sam, Zach, how are we doing tonight? Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, what, what a feeling. Um, you know, having silverware once again, just it it feels really good. And I was I was texting you, Ryan, like the, the city needed this. The city of Cincinnati needed one of their major teams to do it. And it just so happened to be the last team to do it as well in FC Cincinnati. Um, just incredible. You know, some may say it's not quite a trophy, but, you know, we'll we'll maybe uh, touch on that a little bit later. But no, I, I think it's 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 what we've kind of built up to all throughout the season. I mean, we've all seen it, um, seeing the team kind of with the depth and the um, excitement around them, the new players. It's just been a thrilling adventure this season to follow it from you know, step one to now and to see the growth of the team like you speak on and just to see how everyone came together. It's a testament to the coaching staff, to the players, to the fans for sticking through so many terrible years. I mean, we'll get to it later on in the podcast, but guys, we hit an ultimate moment here. I think this is pinnacle of FC Cincinnati so far. Uh, and I'm really excited that we still have more soccer to be played, you know. So for for those who are listening, maybe aren't as familiar, uh, what we're referring to, the Supporters Shield crowns the league champion for the regular season. So FC Cincinnati has now clinched the most points and they should be crowned as league champs. Uh, at least over the course of this regular season. Now, there's a postseason tournament for the MLS Cup where you can win, um, you know, a tournament or a trophy for this as well. But Supporter Shield um, being the best team, you know, crowned over this time is uh, awesome, awesome accomplishment. So, Sam, any more to touch, I guess, on what you are originally, I guess, feeling? I know we we were just built up excitement like through – Saturday night, Sunday, like I couldn't sleep Saturday night. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, once again, like the, the feeling is just insane. Obviously I'm, I'm sure we'll just continue to touch on it in this episode, but the, the fact that the whole city's, you know, really just embrace this team. Um, and even like the, the key pieces that have been around for a while, it, it's great to see kind of the relief on their face as well you know, Acosta, Haglin, um, you know, Vasquez, some of these guys that have been around since the dog days and to see them kind of take a, a deep breath, if you will, just like, okay, like we, we've got one piece of silverware. And I, I was happy to, when I was watching the Apple TV, uh, I believe it was the 360. Um, they were talking to Vasquez um, after they popped the champagne and everything. And he was like, yeah, you guys are, are very much on point. Like we're not, we're not done. Like it's very much like on to the next one. Like we're going to celebrate this and it's on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, seeing everybody just celebrate, I mean, even with, with the um, supporters groups um, waiting at the airport and just seeing the um, excitement and just like the familial love, right? Like everybody was just like, 
in arms, like hugging, like it, it was just so good to see a, a city like just come together and, you know, win the supporter shield. Um, but for yeah, the, I mean, for the supporters, I mean, like that is the most right. like, you know, I, I think, I don't know, it just makes like a compelling point of like, look at how good our support has been. And then these guys are at the airport at one in the morning celebrating with the team for a trophy that is basically for the supporters. So pretty cool. Yeah. You can't forget the supporters. I mean, that's why we're here, right? Yeah. So, you know, for those listening to the uh, last uh, podcast, you know, we were very excited about this game against Toronto. It was on the road. Um, you know, to start out, I guess the lineup wise, no real shockers by any means. Um, but just happy to see that we had our full squad. We had Salentano and goal Barrial. We actually did have a little bit of a surprise with Ian Murphy playing left center back uh, over Nick Haglin. So shout out to him for earning that spot in such a big moment. Um, we had Matt Miazga, Mascara, Arias, who's now become just awesome in the in the back and at, at right back. Um, Mourinho, Obi, Lucho, Bupenza, and Vasquez. Just unbelievable lineup from top to bottom. Zach, me and you were sitting there looking at the lineup, and then they do kind of a breakdown of the Toronto one, and we're like, man, we are so fortunate to have the players that we do. <laughs> I was looking at some of the Toronto guys, and it's number 85 and number 72, and it's like all of these young guys. I think there was a stat at one point that came on the screen that they've used 33 or 35 different players or something like that, which is close to a record for MLS over the course of a season. Um, but I thought that was funny, the comparison. Yeah. I mean, the, the seeing the depth, like I said, I mean, our depth, I mean, maybe even our part of our two team could probably step in and still carry off a, a win. I mean, that's been the, the, the spine to our team to get pull out those draws and those wins where we've needed them. To your point, so, I mean, look at we looked at the subs and every single sub except for one had started a game in the regular season. And the one person that hadn't started in the MLS season started in a cup game. So unbelievable depth to your point. Um, maybe we haven't used the most amount of people, but we've definitely utilized uh, the people that we have um, in meaningful ways. So, Sam, what were your initial thoughts, I guess, the first part of the game? Yeah, I mean, to to you guys' point, I thought this was the strongest lineup of the year, um, and it, it or at least in the second half of the season, um, and it really showed on the field. I mean, we made their keeper work this entire game. Thirteen saves he had to make, which is you know, we're we're landing on him, and I know, I know Ryan, you probably will touch a little bit later on on the shots, but um, yeah, going into the the game itself, first ten minutes, we're not looking too hot. Um, Toronto had a, a pretty decent chance. Um, it was kind of a weird bicycle kick by the Toronto player. Latif um, blessing. I don't think yeah. Celentano, yeah, I don't think Celentano would have gotten to it, but we got saved by the post there. Um, or else maybe the momentum in the first half, you know, wouldn't have started like it did. But yeah, blessed to have that uh that post right there. It was a blessing, one might say. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, blessed. shout out to the guy that had the shot on the goal, but uh, you're right. I mean, it does hit the crossbar and it kind of wakes us up. Um, you see in the first 15 minutes, like it kind of was a little bit shaky, but then 
to your point, we just started pouring on some shots and some opportunities. Um, I made a special note. I think it was in like the 12th or 13th minute uh, that we just had a, a really solid opportunity for Mascara to score off of a corner ball comes in somehow he's up there, but I think it was, he was, you know, up there on a free kick or on the corner and tries to play the ball across the goal. Um, and Zach and I instantly were thinking, you know, we we're sitting next to each other. And I, and I think Zach, you made the point. It's like, man, any other person that was there might've scored that, but because he's a center back, it doesn't go in. Um, but it was opportunities like that, that I just started to feel and gain belief that we're going to get a goal. Yeah. I, I think Ryan and I throughout the entire, maybe first 30 minutes or so I, before the, f- maybe after the first goal, but um, I mean, for the first uh, few minutes, we were like, you know, I like we were talking about score lines and predictions from last episode. And I was like, man, they're going to get two. just judging by how they were playing after that first 15 minutes, you were like, they were just hitting so many shots and like, they were just near misses. And um, it, it kind of goes, uh, continues and, you know, one goal after another. And we're like, Oh crap, maybe my uh, score line is going to hit with four nil win. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, the, the back line really the, the starters with Murphy, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out because I think, uh, with hags, um, he's gonna, I think they're going to see who can play better. I think they're going to do a competition kind of thing um, to see who gets that start. I think that's going to be really the biggest question going into the the playoffs. Yeah, Sam, um, I, I don't know. Zach was kind of referencing 28th minute. Um, you know, we get our first goal and it had been building. Uh, Vasquez puts in a ball where, you know, Barrial swings it in. How many times have we seen this year? You know, Vasquez is left with some space because he checks off the defender you know, gets it down onto his foot and scores like that. Um, you see the confidence, at least there. I think we had been kind of pressing him to do more in these past couple games, and he shows up in a big way in big moments. So um, were you happy to see that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't tell if Mascara got a touch on that when he was, like, trying to flick it back or you not. You might be right. But, I, think he, um, I think he might have, yeah. Yeah, but so – I thought it was an awkward finish by Vasquez with the left foot, but nonetheless, it gets in the back of the net. Um, if if I do recall, I think we, we had a corner like literally right before that in the 27th minute and Moreno had like a similar chance. He just missed left. And I think it took a deflection and we, we earned that corner and, you know, Vasquez ends up putting it in, but yeah. Um, great finish by Vasquez um, poachers goal. Um, first of two for, for this game. Yeah. I mean, you talk about that and then building on momentum, more shots, more shots. So, I mean, I'm going to put it out here now, as you kind of referenced earlier, we had the most shots in club history with 25, the previous being 22 against Colorado in 2021 with all of these shots, you got to get goals. I mean, I've always kind of said in the MLS, you need to score on your half chances. So in the 35th minute off a deflection from a shot from Bupenza, Vasquez is a poacher and just sits there, finds the spot in the defense and capitalizes on that. So um, then we're up 2-0. You're feeling good. You're feeling like you got the shield uh, in the first half even, you know, going up 2-0. But we can't forget that 2-0 is the most dangerous score in soccer. So kind of what follows from after there, I'll let you guys elaborate on a little bit more. But um, 
I was kind of in disbelief a little bit, not going to lie. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about 39th minute Bernardeschi. Um, I mean, he, he has kind of like a clean look at goal, um, a hard strike, but it, it was low and, and predictable. Um, but Celentano, you just can't, can't quite grasp it slips right through his hands, through his legs. And it's an easy cleanup goal for Osorio. Um, just kind of a, another one of those second half goals that Celentano has let up. That's been like, what are we, what are we doing there? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, th- I think really right after that goal, I think we quickly understood why Celentano is not playing in tournaments. I think it, it really, that, that shot or that goal really got to him. You could tell he was kind of off a little bit pretty much ever since ever for the rest of the game. I, I noticed a couple saves or shots from Toronto where he just didn't feel confident diving. Maybe if that's the right word, I don't know, but he, he just kind of felt lazy after that. So I, I think, um, yeah, that was a rough, real bummer on that, uh, on that goal. He's a real head case. I mean, when mascara comes over and slaps you on the back of the head after you make a mistake, like maybe that kind of got to him. We see a replay and all of a sudden Zach leans over and he's like, did you see mascara just slap him on the head after it? And I'm like, I think he was trying to tell him like, get your head in the game or something, but maybe that affected him a little bit. Um, because concussion. Yeah. I mean, what was it like within 10 minutes after that, um, right before the half, uh, they get another goal. Um, Sam, what'd you see out of that one? Yeah, so w- once again, um, it, it was kind of a weird, you know, goal. Um, I th- think we've seen something similar to this happening where it was kind of like a, a no-foul call that froze everybody on both sides, and it leads to another Toronto goal. But, yeah, no foul on Bupenza. Um, there was a slight push by the Toronto defender, but I, I thought, I mean, to be fair, Bupenza, I think, tried to sell it too much. Um, and, yeah, Toronto takes it. Bernadeschi again. Celentano gets a hand on it, just not enough of a paw, and Osorio once again with a nice little easy header to equalize. Celentano's got to do better. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody even at the bar was like, you've got to punch that harder than that little sissy hit. Right to the middle of the goal. I mean, he left the guys like defenseless. I mean, you put it right into where those guys are going to be crashing for a cross anyway, so... I don't know what he was thinking. I think he was kind of between trying to catch it and punch it and then just try to get something on it. But um, so, yeah, I mean, you're up to, oh, you know, 36 minute and then, you know, 45th minute you get to halftime and it's two, two. And you're like, what just happened? Is this going to be another, you know, classic Cincinnati sports moment of, you know, not finishing in these chances or, you know, in these moments, but Thankfully, uh, you know, little sneak peek in the second half, we end up getting a goal. But going into half, at least, I was a little bit nervous about that. But with all the chances that we created, the possession, I think we ended up having like 60-40 or actually probably like 65-35 going into half. Um, so many shots, like Zach and I looked at each other and we're like, you know, we're bound to get another goal at some point. Um, so I didn't quite like lose the faith completely, but it did make you hesitate for a second. Um, you know, shout out to Molly Malone's for having such a big, you know, supporters contingent there. The pride I think was there, um, watching the game all all together, but that was kind of a cool atmosphere to see. It did shut us up though for a little bit. Um, but the whole second half, it kind of builds back up. 
So we start creating a little bit more opportunities into the second half. Nothing that I can really remember stands out. Um, we, one, we do. One of, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, go one ahead. Does. Yeah, one does. So the 63rd minute before, you know, uh, um, 63rd minute, it's Bupenza, Lucho, and Vasquez. Phenomenal play in the middle there. Exactly what you want to see from those three guys. It was beautiful. It was like a culmination of like – all the FC Cincinnati, you know, <laughs> fans dream, right? And Bupenza first touch, like it was great to Lucho, then Lucho to Vasquez, and Vasquez just gives it right to the keeper. He just passes it to him. Oh, like, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. It was so <laughs> it was right. so anticlimactic. It was like, oh my God, this could be the game winning goal. Should should give us for the a hat trick. shield. For a hat trick too. For a hat trick and he passes it to him. That's the same uh, play right. that happened hey, we'll the, get game the next before. Like, it yeah. literally happened in the Charlotte game. I think Lucho plays the ball through and you know and, and Vasquez just can't get his foot around it. It just gets caught underneath him and he hits it right at the keeper. Yeah, I think we we were talked about that for 5 minutes about just finesse it around him like yeah. It's it literally pass it around him. It's not hard. Vasquez come on now yeah I mean later on in the game we're already up so you know little surprise there we'll kind of talk about that goal actually in a second but um, Baji has a similar position and he puts it away now he was offside and it didn't count but at least you could see what he was trying to do and he needs to maybe talk to uh, you know Baji a little bit more Vasquez does to uh, get that down pat but um Man, I got to talk about this game-winning goal. Um, What a beautiful interplay between Lucho and Bupenza. So FC is kind of attacking down the left side. Lucho does his classic take on some players. Um, Bupenza has space between, I believe, the center backs and gets a ball that's kind of tight on his foot. He does well with keeping fairly good possession, sets himself up for kind of this half chance on his left foot, his stronger left foot, and just pockets in into the side netting. And at that point, you know, 72nd minute, I'm feeling pretty solid about, you know, at least having a goal lead in that situation. But man, the whole place, the bar went crazy. We went crazy. We were pumped for it. So I was happy to see it. Yeah, you you watch that transition more in slow motion and you watch Bupenz's feet. The, the ability to take that little touch with his left foot to avoid the defender on the left and then finish in traffic like he does with his left is just that's that's one of the the things that you watch it and you're like yeah that's that's why we got him right that right there that finish was phenomenal world class really spot on Sam like it, it was kind of jaw dropping I in my opinion when I saw it I was like that he didn't just put that in because I mean he flipped it over the person's foot, like whiffed the guy whiffed it. But I mean, just being able was to that, finish. Was that Michael Bradley that he scores on? I forget if that's exactly who it was, but they had Bradley playing center back at one point, but they moved him up to the midfield. I would have thought it was hilarious if we would have won, you know, game winning goal on Michael Bradley and Bupenza scores it, but I don't think it was. <laughs> Yeah, but just on unreal finish. Um, Zach, did you see anything more after it? I think the guys in celebration just were going crazy. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, that after that goal, I mean, the guys felt like they were, in my opinion, they they seemed to uh, settle down and not make errant 
plays. Um, I, I wish I, and you and I, I think even Sam has even mentioned this. It's like, why can't our team understand to just take it to the corner? Like, I understand we want another goal, but like, yeah, sometimes you just need to see out a game and not have the other team have possession of the ball. And, and this was kind of a situation, but thankfully we were able to, I mean, pull it off in the end, but um, I, I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Ryan. Yeah. So you're right. I, we called for it so many times this year, Sam and I were at the Miami game and, you know, for open cup and they should have killed that game off in the corner. And then finally towards the end, like Baji went down and I think held the ball up and killed some time. Kubo did the same. Um, I think you had a little bit more experienced guys. And to be honest for the inner Miami game, we called for Baji to be able to play in that game to do that. You know, Santos was the one that plays the ball away. Um, I'm still a little frustrated by the fact that we took a corner that late in the game that could have led to a breakaway, but you know, ends up being okay. The final play of the game, they get an attack down the side and they play a ball across the goal that Roman doesn't get. The defense doesn't get. Luckily the guy on the back post just kind of completely whiffs at the ball or hits it over the goal. But that made me super nervous too. So you knew there was going to be some testing moments, especially with Toronto playing at home, even though they're not, I mean, they're the worst team in the league, but it was still a little nerve wracking. And especially because of how much we knew the game meant and you for sure could tell the players knew about it as well. Um, But in the end we close it out and that's all that mattered. You could see the players instant gratification. I mean, they were just so elated. I I think it's the crowning jewel for just an awesome season. So. Yeah, I, 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 this FC Cincinnati team, um, Last time they, I mean, we still got a couple games left, but 2021 season, they had 14 one goal games this season. This team seems to, you know, make us a little bit nervous there at the end, but then end up pulling it off. They're actually 13 and one this season in one goal games. Last season was six and six. 2021 was two and 12. So just year by year by year, just like, started closing games away that were literally one goal from a draw and kind of a, a disappointing draw in that, in that matter. Shout out to like all of the defense for like pulling through, you know, and kind of collectively coming together and those clutch moments throughout the year. Um, probably lost a couple of years off my life watching those games, but um again super happy you know that we pull it off the team celebrates on the field with some awesome shirts you know gary finally gets his shield so shout out to gary you know he's already got his his sword up here um but uh now he's got his shield so definitely uh excited about that um and then the celebration in the locker room you know commences after that um we could kind of do a little breakdown of that because that was something else. Uh, we were watching Instagram lives of the players celebrating. We were seeing Yerson Mascara just doing some crazy dance moves. Um, Felt like I was seeing something I shouldn't. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, they were having. That's usually how locker room celebrations up. <laughs> yeah, they. I think they soaked that ceiling uh, in the away locker room. I think they'll probably have to pay a, a fine, but you know we don't care at this point. Well, it's it's one of those. It's one of those like when when you go into a building and you see those like 
coffee looking stains on, on the roof there. Now, now there's gonna be like giant stains just like of these what happened in here stains. oh Cincinnati won the supporter shield in this room yeah no big deal yeah i mean i saw some cool things uh one thing that stands out to me um marco angulo was crushing some rheingeist um so they had rheingeist in there they had a little bit of Jack Daniels in there. Obviously, champagne was the drink of choice for everyone. Um, but can we not like shout out how awesome those Oakley goggles were? Those were sick. I think it was. I, I think I saw Teddy Kerr, the kit manager, was the one that had custom ordered them. They had the FC Cincinnati Gary Lyon on the back with each player's number. Uh, just incredible. That's, awesome. That's a great idea. That uh, you know, I mean, they just had a blast in that locker room. Um, I think I saw. Yeah, Ryan, I, I think I think the the skier and you were really really oh, kind of yeah. jealous of those. For sure. <laughs> well, they were orange with the blue shirts. I mean, it was just yeah. so cool. It was so cool. And then you know, you see, I think Pat Noonan was busting a smile out in the you know in the there, and he was on Lucho's Instagram live dropping f bombs. I mean, it was funny. Um, I think Jeff Birding was in there too, celebrating with the team. So, uh, the two people actually, this is kind of interesting. The two people that were from the 2018 clinching team, uh, were Pat Birding, obviously the, you know, co-CEO of the team. And then the kit manager, uh, Teddy Kerr, who I had mentioned earlier, um, both of them were the only two remaining people from 2018. So that was cool that they've had now two celebrations, um, with the club. Yeah, I absolutely love to see that, you know, like you had mentioned, I think here in the game notes, but first team ever to win a supporter shield in the USL and in the MLS, never been done before. FC Cincinnati has it. Records. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know what it's like to, to win. <laughs> never been on a winning team. So what I was going to ask you guys is in the locker room celebrations, like, who would you be? You know, you see Bupenza's carrying the boom box and celebrating. You have Lucho's on Instagram live, you know, looking at all his friends' comments and everything. Nick Haglin's going crazy because, you know, shout out to Nick. He won MLS Cup in Toronto. Now he gets to celebrate Supporter Shield in Toronto or <laughs> FC Cincinnati. Um, uh, there's so many, like, funny things that happen. But, Sam, who, what, what kind of person would you be in the locker room celebration? Bupenza. I'm I'm carrying the boombox. I'm the vibes <laughs> guy for sure. <laughs> I, I would I would say mascara. I'm a dancer. I would be dancing with mascara. <laughs> well, Zach, sure. you got your party shirt on. So for all those who That's are listening, true. go over to YouTube. Zach's wearing his party shirt for the celebration. Um, unofficial party shirt. Unofficial party shirt. But man, can you imagine if they sold those uh, goggles though to the public? I think they would sell out. Like all the people at Perfect North would be wearing the FC Cincinnati skier goggles. Um, oh, without a doubt, incredible. state area is going crazy for those. <laughs> so kind of as we mentioned, the team finally had to wrap up their celebrations. They get on the plane and all the supporters groups all plan to go to the airport. Um, Zach and I, again, were at Molly Malone's where the pride was and they were planning on going over. The team was you know, scheduled to arrive at 1 a.m. Um, I think they got there even later than that. But what a celebration. You know, I, I didn't get to go, but from all the looks of the photos, videos, Nick Haglin, you know, is jumping around. Rumor has it that, you know, the security people were 
telling them don't you know address the players don't go up to them they're tired they want to go home to their families the bus hadn't even stopped nick's jumping off vasquez is jumping off into the crowd you know we're chanting all of our individual player chants i think they did too and just awesome moments i mean how many chances are you going to get to celebrate with the players like that i think after the playoff win last year we did the same you know against new york red bulls when they came home but to actually like win a trophy and to celebrate that with the players in that manner was pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I think when, when you kind of shouted out the supporters um, that were showing up to the game, I think, you know, them showing out right. Um, and, and being there when the bus parked, I think was really special um, to have people to celebrate with. Um, certainly I'm, I'm sure meant a lot to the players. And like I said, the players that have been here for a while, and you could definitely tell it meant something to Hagelin for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the people who've gone through or the man who has gone through multiple wooden spoons, <laughs> I, th- I think, I mean, yeah. that that payoff is huge. I mean, I, I think anybody would probably do the same thing that Nick did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's great seeing, um, like you guys have both said, just the all of Cincinnati just up in up – in, uh, celebration for him so i'm we couldn't be obviously more ecstatic so it's it's great that uh cincinnati at least has a uh winning team this this year first professional championship in cincinnati since 1990 when the reds won the world series sam referenced the 2018 team that we talked about technically semi-pro so this is the first professional trophy um yeah i saw brandon vasquez holding a sign that said started from the bottom now we're here so um, just a, a special moment. So I have a trivia question for you guys, um, kind of related to all of this, but how many current FC Cincinnati players have previously won the supporters shield? Not including Nick Haglin, who you just named earlier. Um, we're going to do people that have won it before. Obviously this one doesn't count, but all the people that have done it prior. So I'm, um, I'm going to go. It's hard, like a lot of guys we've we've gotten from like overseas or or are from Latin America. So they trying to think of like MLS guys who've been in around a while. So I'm gonna go with four as my guess, and those four are gonna be Gaddis, Hagland, I think Vasquez one one, and then I'm gonna go Baji, maybe. All right, Zach, what about you? I was actually going to say three and probably those uh, same three minus Baji. That's exactly what I was going to say. All right. So we got four and three. Stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll got, we'll give you an answer um, for this question. So stay tuned. We're, we're going to have a break here from a uh, word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. So agility is a technology driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be tech touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, Uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, Circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, We offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, Lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, 
really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. We are pumped to come to you guys tonight slash, I guess now Tuesday morning, chatting about FC Cincinnati as a trophy winning club. Um, no more hate online, you know, from all these other teams, other other fans. I don't want to hear it. We got a trophy. So all this other talk about, you know, wooden spoons and everything like we got our plate. We can eat Skyline off our plate. Uh, maybe we have the wooden spoons to, to use for it, but Hey, at least we got utensils now for it. So, um, guys, I, I'm just so pumped. Um, I was giddy the past several days. I'm super excited to get my hands on, uh, the supporter shield shirt that they're selling. Um, these shirts are like going like crazy yesterday. They sold out in like 20 minutes. Um, so hopefully at the game on Wednesday night, they're going to be selling more of them because I just would love to get part of that. I mean, just to be a part of this team and everything that's going on, it's awesome. And to be able to cover it with you guys and talk about it has just been so fun this whole year. So shout out to you both real quick. Cause it's <laughs> been fun. It's been a good ride. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I'm going to be honest. I still don't even know what this shirt is. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen what it <laughs> advertised or anything. It's just like, I get, get a tweet saying, Hey, they're on sale. And then they're sold out like immediately. So I don't, not, not quick on the draw, I guess. <laughs> they underestimated the amount yeah, right. of fans you that would... would want them, I guess. I don't know. They sold out that fast, but maybe they couldn't like, well, I saw them out. Yeah. Pat put a, put a photo up of people just lined up like, building after building like just wrapping around on the sidewalk yeah but i don't think they had enough time to like produce you know hundreds because they probably didn't expect in the past i'm sure other teams haven't bought up the merchandise like we have but we kill it we're top five in merchandise every year um so i don't know sam i like that jacket though i think was that from your intern year yeah official <laughs> official stuff <laughs> i love it i love it so Let's get into it here real quick. Um, you guys want to do cards of the week or jersey swaps first? What are you thinking? I want to save the you jerseys like for the last. Cards now. Yeah, let's do. Let's throw out some cards real quick before we get to the good stuff. So, Sam, uh, what was your card of the week? Yeah, uh, card of the week um, was a little interesting uh, watching Insigne versus these Toronto FC supporters. Um, so he was getting some, you know, into a verbal kind of alter altercation with uh Insigne and some of the fans um his wife and two kids were in the box with him as well so not a very good scene for Toronto and their fans um the man 25 mil from Napoli four goals four assists this season only 19 games he, he's missed a lot of games due to injury um but still like as the captain and as the face of this team and you got to take it on the chin a little bit better. I mean, not a good look, like I said, for Toronto or Insigne. What was going through my head was I, I can't ever, ever imagine Lucho ever doing something like this. Yeah, I was going to say, you've seen Lucho on his suspension and everyone is like free Lucho and he's walking around the stadium and everyone's like worshiping the guy. But to have Toronto fans like yelling at him and his family in the box and then I think I saw that he didn't even get to come back outside. Like he had to like stay in the suite because it was going to get more heated probably. Well, even during our dog days, like nobody was dogging Lucho like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Zach, any thoughts on it? It's just egregious. I would, I've seen 
videos like that, like across the like soccer world. And I just, I mean, I'm a pretty patient guy. I just never could imagine myself doing that. I mean, they're paying to see you and like all this stuff. And it's like, you're the entertainment. Don't, you know, act like that towards the fans. If they're upset, you know, like you said, take it on the chin. You got to pull out, pull out your stops and play better, I guess. This guy has just been all over the news for them, disagreeing with Bob Bradley, their former coach, you know, not wanting to play with the interim coach, now yelling at their fans. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there or Bernadeschi. But, hey, it doesn't matter. We're not supporters of Toronto. So, Zach, <laughs> what was your card of the week? Yeah. Um, so, at Molly Malone's, Ryan and I kind of – actually, this – my wife gave me this this idea because she was um, pretty upset about it. I don't know if you knew that, Ryan. Um, this guy, I don't even know where he came from. Was he sitting behind us? Maybe. I, I don't he was, know. Yeah, he was everywhere, though. He just kind of walked up behind Emily with his arms on or with his hands on her back and just started mumbling something. After and Vasquez scored, actually. Yeah. I, I can't remember when it was, but yeah, I think it might have been after um, our goal. But uh, yeah, Ryan, even Ryan and Lauren were like, "What? what's this guy saying? <laughs> and it, you literally, it's a British chap and you could not understand a word he was saying. Like you could smell the like liquor under his breath. And he was, I, I don't know. He, it just was the most strangest situation. And then apparently the, the waitress knows the guy by his first name. So he's <laughs> obviously a regular. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's fratern- fraternizing with, uh, I guess the, um, the locals. So I don't know. He eventually left kind of hopped in a Uber. I think they called for him. So it was just a weird, strange interaction. Wife was upset about it, but we moved on. We the got good the and the bad of the soccer fans, I guess, or the soccer faithful that sometimes uh, spills over into a, a lot of nonsense. Let's just say, I think he had an Irish accent, so maybe they are built different over there, but the dude still had the peace of mind to like tell the waitress that like, Hey, I'm getting an Uber. I'm getting out of here. Like he at least had that peace of mind, but it was, uh, it was a very interesting situation. <laughs> I was just waiting for I him mean, to it, just it, kind of throw up on me or something <laughs> to ruin like well, that, the shield supporting night. Like we just won and this guy does this. <laughs> that situation. I mean, I'm sure if, if you go to Europe, like that stuff happens like every, everywhere every day. Every like probably on a non-game day, like they're just talking <laughs> yeah. about their, you know, their team, but probably every match day over there. Yeah, I thought it was funny, but my wife didn't, so I give it a card. <laughs> <laughs> wife says, "Give it a card." You gotta give it a card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ryan, what was your card? My card of the week was Junior Mourinho's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh our FC Cincinnati midfielder decided to change up his look before the shield clinching moment. You know, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him. So why not go with uh, a different look? So yellow card to junior Mourinho's <laughs> mustache. Um, but Hey man, uh, they won. Maybe the mustache is staying for the rest of the year because of this. Now uh, it was just funny to see. I mean, everyone was pointing it out. We knew right away. We follow the players enough to see that like, Something was different about him, and I was like, "Oh man, that that mustache is very interesting." Right, I, I think we we noticed. I think it was right before kickoff, or right as they were kicking off, they they like flashed like a shot at yeah, him, and right. he like looked or he like looked at the bench, and he like what winked and like kind of like stroked his 
like I think he did something like that. It was great. <laughs> oh, between was, his it mustache. It was no longer Junior Moreno. He Junior Moreno. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say between him and then Lucho tries to get a foul called and he's doing the Italian thing again. It was just, I don't know. They just have alter egos, I guess, on the field. It was, it was funny. I wanted to shout out that because we've been talking all year about how we were going to do yellow and red cards for different hairstyles and stuff like that. And this was a perfect opportunity to shout that out. Sam, I can't wait for you to put a photo of well, that we had, we had in our reels think- on Instagram. <laughs> Well, I, I think earlier this season we were talking about Lucho's haircut that he had. He started with a slick back, and we were like, "What's going on here?" That's true. That's a good point. But I just had to uh, I had to shout that out. But uh, I mean, we we can all say like that's a very light yellow card. There's all these good things that have come, you know, from this um, game and everything. Sam, kind of lead me into now your your jersey swap of the week. Yeah. Um... Got to go with Brandon Vasquez on this one. Um, Fourth MLS brace for him in his career. Second in goals behind Lucho. Um, Just he's starting to get more of those close to goal poacher type goals that we're used to him seeing. Right. And I I think he's at his best when he's being a pest around the goal. Not to not to rhyme there, but yeah. Dr. Seuss is here. (laughs) I just think those are the goals that we expect from him because Barrial is going to whip those crosses in and who needs to be there every single time it's Vasquez. So very proud to see him gaining even more confidence game after game, but he's got to put those one-on-one goals away. That's, that's all my, my only takeaway other than that great Jersey swap of the week for me. I think he's got 15 goals in all comps for FC with uh, the U.S. He's up to, I think, like 17 or 18 for the calendar year, which is impressive tally for him. He had a kind of down MLS year, but in all the other competitions has really shown out in big moments, tournaments, you know, international games. Um, so great shout on him. I hope that he continues this now. Uh, into the last couple games and into the playoffs because we need him. We need him in these big, big moments. You need your star striker to be involved. And I could tell, I don't I don't know if you guys noticed, but like the games that he's more interested in, he posts more about. So his Instagram was like basically kind of giving away like, hey, I'm about to show out tonight. So <laughs> that kind of was the you know tip of the cap to me that he was going to show out. Uh, I should have bet on it maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what about you? What was your jersey swap of the week? Uh, I, I was actually gonna uh, say I was gonna say something good about Vasquez. I mean, he he's great and all. It, this past game, two goals. I mean, it, it was frustrating. I, I saw that um, in his stats and football. I was looking through it, and he did twelve percent ground duels. One, <laughs> two out of sixteen. So like, he was not doing his hold up like he he usually does, and he was the poacher that we thought he was. So he was, he was the one poaching, getting those goals off the, uh, right in front of the box. I mean, it was great call out, Sam. Um, but yeah, moving on, um, to my Jersey swap. I really wanted the, with the whole supporter shield and everything, I wanted to get a signature of the whole team. I think that would be better than a Jersey swap. (laughs) I mean, what better time to get, you know, the whole team together. Right. Um, but no, joking aside, I think M- Mascara, um, he's he's my uh, our son, right? Uh, 13 duels won. He um, 
got a couple great tackles. I think he, um, there were some where they dribbled through and he was like one of the last defenders and he, he, he's got those great technique with sliding. Love to see it. Um, love good tackling from a defender. Um, almost got a goal. You know how amazing that would have been for him to get a, a, a goal with his foot. I mean, that's great. Right. Who doesn't love that from a defender and then an an assist. I mean, he got the assist for Brandon Vasquez's first goal. So you don't see that every day from a center back either. Um, and you know, he's just fun to watch smacking people left and right. It's kind of like the old Waston of the day. Um, I think throughout the year, he's been great. God love him. Yeah, you Good guys shout. don't have much to say. <laughs> we're speechless. No. We were speechless. No. I was going to let Sam comment. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good shout. Um, I he, as far as loans go, he has been above and beyond expectations. He's got a like if there was an award right at the end of the year for like best loaned in player or like <laughs> best player not to ever return to FC Cincinnati ever again, like that would be you know him because. If Europe has not taken notice of his defense in the MLS this season, then they are are not obviously watching. Um, it's it's been incredible to see, especially after injury too, to kind of get back on the same page, same player, like pretty impressive. Our son, for sure. <laughs> Your son or our son, he's always going to be our son. He's always got a special place. And our hearts because he's helped us to secure supporter shield. So we'll always remember him for that. I hope we can keep him longer. I'm very doubtful just because of his upside as Sam was kind of referencing, but great shout Zach. I mean, he's been such a solid player um, to bring in this year because we needed him in a pinch, to be honest, we didn't have another center back uh, for a long time and they brought him in on loan. And it's like this unproven player with injury concerns and he's just been a stud. He's been so good. But anyway, my jersey swap of the week is going to be Aaron Bupenza. I think now for the second time, I've kind of honored him, but dude deserves all the credit. We give him such a hard time in the last several weeks. He's got five goals in eight games now and had the shield clinching goal. I saw the best tweet of the whole weekend was Boop called shield. And I just think that's incredible. Um what a player, what a great touch, like Sam had mentioned, to set himself up for a good left-footed side of the net shot. Um, seems to be enjoying the crap out of the team. I mean, look at him celebrating in the locker room, in the airport. I mean, he was jumping around. He was in the center of all of it. Um, boop, there it was. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah, I, I thought that was – it was very interesting, the fact that Bupenza – has the game winning goal that, that should have been Vasquez's. It, it looks like you can very clearly see, you know, who has that European experience rather than who doesn't. Right. Um, and Bupenza for, to your point, Ryan, as much kind of flack as we, we give him for, you know, there are points in this season so far where he needs to finish a little bit better. He shows up on the best stage on the biggest stage when we need him supporter shield game winning goal, like just incredible. Um, and I, I can, I can't wait to continue to, to watch, you know, as he gets more comfortable in the squad dances a little bit more in the squad, does a couple more <laughs> flips shows off the lion on the back. Like it's going to be great. Yeah. Man, I, I can't follow that up, but yeah, I mean, it, 
Pupenza is just, he's fun to watch. Honestly, I, I love his movement off the ball. He's, um, he's wicked with his, um, celebrations. He loves, he, he loves, he's the first one. It seems like to every goal scorer, like hugging him or doing something with him. That's true. Like, That's a good point. He is. I think he's a good, um, uh, locker room player with that. He's the um, vibes guy. I told you he's the he vibes is. guy. He's, where, he's, he's got the boom box. He had the boom <laughs> box going. I don't know what they're playing in the locker room, but I mean, the vibes were there. It was great. So looking forward, I guess to, you know, this Wednesday's game against, uh, New York Red Bulls. I mean, we finally get to celebrate the trophy. So after the game for all those going, stay after there's going to be a huge trophy presentation on the field. Um, unbelievable, just accomplishment for as much as I wanted like them to win at home. Like I'm glad they, they won in Toronto. I'm glad it just happened, but to celebrate at home in front of Frankie Amaya now, is just going to be just so funny. <laughs> so our former uh, draft pick from 2020, our first round draft pick now plays for New York Red Bulls. Um, do you guys think he should be the one that like takes the team photo or something like that? Like, what do you think? <laughs> I, I think, I think he should. So obviously there's a sword pull, right. But then somebody has to hold the shield. He needs to stand there and hold the shield for the sword puller. And then the sword <laughs> puller grabs their sword, grabs the shield. Thank you, Frankie. I appreciate you. For hey, holding has- that. Has Gary ever pulled the sword? I feel like Gary's got to pull the sword. That's, well, that's what I was going to ask. So shield. I've got I've got a couple options here for the sword pull. I want to know what your <laughs> thoughts right, are. It. it was just off the top of the brain. Okay, let's hear it. So first one, Jeff Birding. We have more winning to do. The second one would be Carl Lindner. I don't I don't know. Maybe you know just two front office people. The third one I thought about though. Do we do we get a supporter out there doing it though? Ooh, I think it's got to be, it's going to be a leader of each of the supporters groups that pull it together because they won the supporters shield. Oh, I think it's going to be that. Be cool. It's going to be each of the leaders cool. of, you know, Diane Dolstead, the pride, like brigade, Vanguard, hangar 937, like get all the leaders out there to pull it. Um, and then, you know, maybe give them the shield a little bit prematurely, but just to kind of honor that. Uh, or you bring them out onto the field when the team now lifts it. Now they bring the leaders of the supporters group over to take it back to the Bailey. How cool would that yeah. be? Oh boy. Yeah. After but, the, after the game though, you have to put the stage in front of the Bailey. Like that would, that that has to happen. That would be a cool spot. I think they'll go like can, midfield. Can you imagine the because, background of that? Oh, take the goals incredible. down. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really wanted a TIFO for this game, um, but I think it's too quick to come up with one. Um, you're going to see a lot of like fake shields in the Bailey, I feel like. I think that would be oh, really yeah. cool if they like had fat heads that they could pass out. So like everyone is holding a shield above their head in the Bailey. That That'd would be, be cool. really cool. Um, well, it's the Bailey. Ooh. It's where we keep our where we keep yeah, our shout weapons, out to the intro right? video every time you come to TQL Stadium. I've I've only heard it like you know thirty times now. The baby, think I'm a, think I'm a three thousand strong. But... I feel like a medieval historian right at this point. <laughs> That's right. We could probably tell the history of all of medieval times, but 
<laughs> that's hilarious yeah i think if we all had like shields in the bailey though like above our heads that would be just incredible that'd be so funny but i'm, I'm so excited the, the, go ahead no i so obviously yes super excited about the celebration but the funny thing is like we still have a game like we still have a game to play like <laughs> it's true. you know like so i was i was looking at the stats for this and it's so interesting. Obviously, we won against Red Bulls earlier this year. Shout out to Obi. That was his game winner. Pretty crazy. Um, but four wins each, three draws each, and 11 goals each between these two teams wow. in their matchups in MLS history, which is so weird. Um, but I- I'm really stoked to see FC Cincinnati getting over 200 all-time MLS goals. I saw that. This past game with the three goals, they're at 197 right now, and we could reach 200 MLS goals. Does that? Let's get it done. Does that show the uh, goal differential? <laughs> we don't need to talk about no, that. We yeah, we don't, we're we're we see, honestly, uh, the 200 all time goals. So it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. I think Pat's gonna <laughs> roll out a uh, pretty solid lineup. Still though, do you guys feel like he's gonna play some? I, I feel it'll be a mix. Lucho's not going to start. Barrial is not going to start. It'll be Halsey in the back. It'll probably be Kubo. But he still wants to go. So if you guys saw after the game, he still wants to go for the most points in MLS. And if we win the final three games, we eclipse the mark for most points of any team, which I think he's still wanting to go for. We're going to throw out a strong lineup still. Yeah, Yeah, I'd want to see like a Pinto maybe like Angulo midfield. That's what I'd, I'd love to see. Yeah. I mean, over, are we, are we just talking starters or are we talking full match here? At uh, this point? Mainly starters. I would say who's going to roll out. Yeah. I, I think that would be I guess to both of you guys. I mean, it'd, it'd be great to get um, just minutes kind of rest the um, starters, let them come in maybe 60 minutes or so give the bench like, good solid 60 minutes of play um I, I mean i think that we can pull out a win with that oh for sure our like second line is almost as good as any other team um like you said 60 minutes i think would be a good mark and then maybe you get some other guys in for the final 30 but uh, the game in miami they're not gonna press as hard so i feel like this game is gonna be at home in front of our fans you're gonna put out a good lineup away at Miami, you're still going to put out a decent lineup, but it's hot. You don't want to risk injury. You're one step closer to the playoffs at that point. And then you come back home for Atlanta. Then you start your starting lineup again to get them rearing up for, Hey, let's get back to game speed. Let's get back to our full lineup and getting used to play with each other. So that's how I would handle these next three games. Hybrid one, okay lineup against uh inner miami and then uh full starting 11 against atlanta at home two hybrids one full is that what we're going with yep yep Yep. so let's have this debate here now because we've won supporter shield and i've been waiting for this all day to chat with you guys about this there's this big feud right now on twitter about what is the better trophy or even if the shield is considered a trophy in the mls but Supporter Shield versus MLS Cup. So again, Supporter Shield, best team during the regular season in MLS. MLS Cup is a tournament style that now at the end of the year, you know, teams have the opportunity to win this trophy. And for a while, it has been signified as the 
better accomplishment or trophy for the MLS season. Hence why teams will historically get the star above their badge uh, for winning MLS cup. I have a proposal on how we can fix and change this issue, but I would love to hear from you guys first, what your, what your thoughts are. Yeah. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to have to agree with Pat Noonan. Pat said supporter shield is more relevant than the MLS cup. And here is why I agree with him. Best team in the league over 34 regular season matches and this year was arguably the craziest MLS schedule of all time. You not only have the entire MLS regular season, but you also have the Open Cup. You also have the League's Cup and throw international play in there as well. It was just insane. And that's coming off also a World Cup this past December. That's true. Good point. Zach, what about you? You know, I... I would have to agree as well. I think Supporters Shield trumps the MLS Cup. I think, in my opinion, when you got 18 of 29 teams, that's nine teams from each conference out of 15 advance. And a team with a record of 11, 4, and 16 as it stands right now could essentially win. I I just, in my opinion, I don't think that's, you can't say that's a better trophy because that person, that team won. I I don't know. It's just, I I think they need to make it. So at least five advance, make it more difficult to get into that MLS cup um, playoff. I, I I think at least five advance 10 total and make that last two teams do a playoff into that. So I don't know. I think really it supporter shield. You've got 34 games. I get how it's unbalanced, but everybody's got 34 games and you've, everybody's got the same breaks, same, um, uh, I guess tournaments mid mid week and whatnot. I, it's more or less fair. I mean, take it while you will. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to go on a rant here. So just get ready for this. Um, in every other league around the world, the team that wins the league is that that's it. That's their pinnacle. You know, in the Premier League, if you win over that amount of games, you're the champs. Any other league, Germany, all of it. I mean, yes, they have tournaments, but that is not weighted the same. So if you want to say balance, if you want to say the uneven, you know, fact that we don't play all the teams twice. Well, if you go to MLS Cup and you're going to say that's the better tournament, that's the most unbalanced schedule I've ever seen because you're only playing Eastern Conference or Western Conference teams until the final. And to the point that somebody actually made, I think is a really good point here. How many times have they changed the format of the MLS cup? How many times have they done it? So don't tell me that this is the better thing. If they keep having to change the format where every single year, there's always crowned a league champion because of how they've won over eight months in all of the league through, like Sam said, multiple competitions, international breaks. That is a adjustment thing that the coaching staff, the front office has to deal with transfers in and out over a full season versus now you have your roster set to Zach's point. You're in eighth or ninth place. You've been terrible all season and you catch fire for three or four games. And now you get a star above your badge, but we've been solid for eight months through all of this injuries, everything. 
that's the better accomplishment. One thousand. I don't. I don't. I don't know if American sports fans are going to love this take or not, but being different as far as like as, as we go in American sports, like we pride ourselves on being different, not being complacent when it comes right. to, you know, oh, you're first. Well, you got to make it to the playoffs, and then you know now you have to win the World Series. Now you have to win the Super Bowl. Like all this, soccer is different than what it is in Europe and what it is all across the world. Why? Like, why, why can't it be the same? Like, why can't we just do what everybody else does? Cause it's not our sport. Like it really isn't. So if we're going to adopt something, let's adopt that. Like, I understand the whole, we, that's a whole nother conversation about relegation and everything else. But <laughs> as far as the table itself, if you're going to have a table of teams and you're going to call it the table. Let's make it to where every single team can, can be up for the regular season title, which they are. Right. And then we see who the best team is at the end of the day, not to Zach's point, nine teams on each side. Well, or you stack the best 16 teams in a tournament style one to 16. So that way it's fair Western Eastern. You have more opportunities to play teams from the other conference. Everyone's complaining well, the, that it's imbalanced schedules. More, right? What's that? I said the, then the League's Cup would mean more. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the idea of that, right? And that's what I think they're yeah, trying to build. Is. But it's just, it's not there yet. And I, I think, you know, a lot of St. Louis fans out there, are like, kind of, I would hate to say it, but hurt because they didn't win the Shield. But, oh, we're in first place in the West. It's like... Well, yeah, you want to talk about imbalance. How about you play the East teams, which are destroying each other, who have more points? Try playing more of them. You've lost to Nashville. You've lost to Chicago. You know, maybe we lost you in one situation, which you're going to hang your head over us for whatever. We got a trophy and you don't right now. So sorry about it. You know, sometimes America is wrong or can be wrong. Yeah. And I, I think Sam's right. You know, I think sometimes you just got to follow where things are going well and doing things right or just doing things better. And I think, in my opinion, that's Europe right now. And I, I'm just going to say I, I don't really like the playoff setting in any sport for that matter. I mean, I think really the best team is the team who wins the most right throughout the season. In what world is that not the winning per winning team? So right. you've had the most well, wins I, over I think the course the, of the year. Yeah. Well, the whole the whole premise and the whole Americanized version of sports is the reason we have playoffs is because of this, right? Is because it gets more money in your pocket, more TV deals, more one sports on pinnacle TV. game, one big game exactly. that is the Super Bowl instead of well, now you watch the final game of the year and that's it. You know, yeah, so, FC Cincinnati against Toronto. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. as far as an American sports fan, right. You're like, that's your final, like, right. Really? Right. But my proposal and what I think would be really cool, cause I think they need to change this. And I'm not just saying this because we won recently and we have a trophy now, but the whole thing with the stars above the badge, right? Let's talk about that. If you look in the premier league uh, or any other team, I guess in Europe, they play in their each individual league, and then they usually qualify for a region-wide tournament, Champions League or Europa League. 
if you've won the Premier League in England, you get the stars above your crest, right? I propose if you win the tournament, whichever one we're going to decide holds more weight or Supporter Shield, we can consider this as the league's best team. Do Supporter Shield here, an MLS Cup on the side badge, either on you know this shoulder, have the trophy, and then the number of how many MLS Cups you've won. If you're going to say that's a tournament thing, and then this is the best team over your crest. I'm not against it. I mean, because in... Like for Real Madrid, they've won 12 Champions Leagues. They have the Champions League trophy with 12, you know, written in it. I think that would be a great idea for a tournament-styled thing, and then your league amount above it. Do they have for Do they have that for normal season games or regular season games? Um, I don't know if they wear them for that or not. I I think Sam's right. I think only in the competition where they will would they have it on the on the side. But yeah. I thought it was a good idea to at least kind of profile tournament you know league or domestic competition mm -hmm. so. i i think it's going to depend from club to club though um it's it's a hard thing to to kind of make consistent across the board unless it is like a a deep rooted you know cup or deep rooted well, if you're not going to have relegation you're going to have the same teams then so you have more opportunities in america too to have trophies compared to Bayern munich always winning yeah. Manchester City is always winning. You know, there's more opportunities for that to be displayed. So that would be the argument against relegation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, let me give you the trivia answer here before we close out. So again, the question was how many current FC Cincinnati players have previously won the supporter shield? Sam, I believe had locked in four. Zach had locked in three. You guys were close, but no cigar. It was five. You ready Dang. for the you ready for the five? Yeah. Evan Loro or Loro, the third string keeper, won for New York Red Bulls. Matt Miazga has won for New York Red Bulls twice. Ray Gaddis. Sergio Santos. And there's one more. Can you guys think of the last one? Haglin. Haglin? Nick Haglin. You got it. At Toronto. I'm surprised. Yeah. You say Gaddis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said oh, Gaddis okay. earlier. Yeah. All right. Yep. So five guys that had previously won, but yeah. which is kind of interesting. I forgot about Miazga. Yeah, Miazga played for Red Bulls for a while there, but yeah, um, I forgot about that. Just an awesome episode chatting with you guys again. Thanks for everyone who tuned in. Um, FC Cincinnati again, you know, won our first trophy. We're super excited. Um, but, hey, this ain't it. We got more games to play. We have a tournament to win now, too. So let's just end the argument of all of it and just win MLS Cup, too. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think to your point earlier, we have some spoons. We have a plate. Now let's get us a cup. <laughs> I like that. Couldn't have said it better myself. I like that. So for those who are going to the game Wednesday night, enjoy it. Enjoy the celebration. Enjoy it with all the other supporters because that's what this is really about, this trophy um, and this city coming together because, you know, the Reds just got knocked out, uh, you know, of their playoff contention. The Bengals aren't doing well, but, hey, these guys right here, FC Cincinnati, are holding it in for the city. Um, so we we still have time, man. We still have a, 
several more games to win. And, you know, as Jeff Burning said, we have more winning to do. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll chat with you guys next week. 